Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Joining me to break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. All right, let's get things rolling. All right, I also want to say hello to Dawn, who I knew, I know listens to us every day on his drives. Ah, hi, Dawn. Hi, Thanks Dawn. for tuning in. <laughs> we start this morning with the prospect of something that the equity markets have not seen in nearly two years, and that is a tech IPO. Mm-hmm. With a market valuation of more than $1 billion. Now, new listings of this nature are so rare. They're called tech unicorns. But we have sightings of two such companies this morning, and they're both expected to go public this week. The first is a grocery delivery platform, and the second, a digital marketing company, marketing. And they are called Instacart and Clavio. Let's take a closer look and start with Instacart. What do you think investors need to know about this potential tech unicorn? Yeah, for those of us who might not be familiar with the way Instacart works, it is, like it suggests, you can buy groceries online and you can fill up a basket with stores around you like Costco, Safeway, Walgreens. So it's not tied into any specific supermarket per se or brand per se. So it's got that going for it, that diversity of choices. And I think people enjoy having that choice. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why Instacart has been able to grow. In fact, I think it's got I, uh, I believe 20% of groceries is done on Instacart. So that's how much um, growth they've been seeing. And it's not just the market share. They've also been growing on revenue terms as well. So sales are up 31% over the first half of last year. So the first half of this year, Instacart made $1.475 billion or mm. around $1.5 billion. And it is also making money. So that's good news because a lot of growth companies typically struggle to make money. But here is one IPO, one unicorn that is making money. So it made $428 million. And this is for the first half of this year. And this is up from last year's $242 million. So roughly 80% higher than last year. So pretty good numbers. And it's also looking to be more profitable mm. as it goes into, interestingly enough, advertising. <laughs> so very interesting model. It has able to capitalize on selling stuff as well as capturing eyeballs. So a very, in some sense, diversified model being able to capture growth. A growth company in the green, it always ends with eyeballs, doesn't it? Instacart is planning to set its IPO price at around 30 US dollars. It'll trade under the ticker symbol CART. That's right, C-A-R-T. The company is banking on a bigger online future for purchases of household essentials and what it calls, quote, AI-powered smart carts. Okay, I just know this is going to make it easier to buy. For sure. Everyone's throwing AI into whatever they're selling now. That's true. Okay, let's look at the second tech company that is hoping to prove its unicorn status this week. They're called Clavio. And analysts say we receive emails from Clavio all the time. We just don't know it. What do you know about this digital marketer who wants to cut through the spam? Yeah, I think you pretty um, much outline what Clavio is right now. It's a company that not a lot of people would have heard of until maybe now because it works behind the scenes. Those emails you get from your newsletters or from signing up for something, those are automated or 
in some sense, processed by Clavio. So they're the guys who are responsible for the internet plumbing, so to speak, mm. when it comes to those automated messages. And this would then put it in the space of digital marketing because it has some data it can monetize. So it is looking to go for an IPO. And some of the things you might want to know is how much money it's making. It is making money to the tune of $15.2 million for the first half of this year. That is after losing money in the past two years. So I guess it is in the early stages of growth in that sense of breaking even at least. And if you look at revenue, it's up 54% at around $320 million. So it is also getting some traction there. So all in, you've got two businesses with a growth story to tell. We'll compare the stories in a bit. Clavio, though, competes with some pretty big names, mm. including MailChimp, Adobe, and Salesforce. It is in the green. 15 million US dollars last year. Now, between Instacart and Clavio, which would you choose? Yeah, I think it is fairly obvious for me. I like the ones with a stronger story, especially this is going to be helpful for getting investors to be on board your stock and get on board with things they're familiar with. If investors aren't really sure what a company does or even know your company, they are unlikely to get behind it as much. Mm -hmm. So Instacart has that going for it. Plus, it has a big investor in the name of PepsiCo, the guys who, of course, make Pepsi and other snacks as well. So you've got a big investor there. And when you compare the numbers, Clavio's net income for this first half, 15.2 million versus Instacart, we are talking about over 400 million. So the scale of Instacart seems to be more compelling at this point. But of course, you can argue that you know, maybe you're picking up Clavio at a good value right now and there's huge upside. So it really depends on how you want to read into it. It's a hot time for the initial public offering market. Look at that. Five deals this week. Remember ARM? We just talked about it recently. Now, I want to take a step back. There's a backlog of new software listings. Companies like Clavio that will be closely watching its performance. These two IPOs, Clavio and Instacart, follow on the heels, of course, of ARM holdings. We talked about it last week. What do you think this all says about the state of the U.S. markets right now? Yeah, it is getting hotter. You've got folks trying to raise money in capital markets. That's a good thing. Risk appetite is back. And if you look at the details of the fundraising process so far from Instacart and Clavio, both of them had to raise their marketing range for how much the shares will be priced. So Instacart, it was previously 26, 28, but because of strong investor demand, they raised it to 28 and 30 and eventually priced it at the top end of the range. Mm. Very similar for Clavio, and that paints a picture of how much appetite there is in the market right now. And maybe for companies as well, they are turning to capital markets for fundraising now with interest rates uh, staying elevated. Perhaps it is more practical in that sense. So maybe IPOs are starting to pick up once again. Really interesting. Clavio's debut will mark the first software IPO for some time. And this is not the first time Instacart has tried to go public. It reportedly wanted to list last year, but shelved its IPO because of 
poor market conditions. Now, speaking of market conditions, let's take a step back and look at how U.S. stocks performed overnight. U.S. stocks finished basically flat but still in the green. The Dow, Nasdaq, S&P 500, all notch small gains. Overnight, it is worth noting that the S&P 500 has crossed a new landmark. It may not have risen much overnight, but it has now gone 100 days without a 1.5% drop. That is the first time the Blue Chip Index has shown such a degree of resilience, I'd say, since 2018. Let's turn to stocks to watch. And my focus today is AI, artificial intelligence, or more specifically, what Warren Buffett is investing when it comes to AI. The Motley Fool has a pretty interesting piece out. It argues that nearly half of Berkshire Hathaway's stock market portfolio is invested in just two companies, both AI growth stocks. Which are they? Yeah, it's interesting that we are talking about this right now. Warren Mm. Buffett invested in technology. And we talked about this before. Warren Buffett's approach seems to be changing. So these two companies, Apple and Amazon. And Apple has the story here, AI, because all the devices, of course, you've got Siri, the personal assistant. In some sense, that is going to ride on the AI wave when you want to use a personal assistant. Maybe you'll be using it through your Apple devices, your iPhones, your iPads, your computers, your smart gadgets, your Apple Watch. So all of that will, in some sense, be perhaps integrated to really help sell the Apple ecosystem. And of course, you can download all the other AI apps on your iPhone anyways. So it could make the iPhone product proposition even stronger. Then for Amazon, of course, a more straightforward play here, Amazon Web Services, they run data centers and they've got all these processes, all your AI apps and software running, they run it on data centers. So the more you run it, the more data centers you need. And this is where they are plugging the hole or the gap in their market. Interesting way to jump on the AI wave. So Apple and Amazon Buffett may not have looked at these tech giants as AI plays when he first bought them. But what do you make of the contention that they are essentially AI plays right now? And in fact, AI is still nascent, so they have some way to go. Yeah, it is. I think at this stage where you can just spin any story you want and make it convincing. For Apple... (laughs) It is a bigger stretch, right? Because when you talk about Amazon, it's a bit more obvious you're using data centers to run the AI stuff. But when it comes to Apple, maybe it's a bit of a stretch when you say it's an AI play because you can go into Apple for other reasons and they are going to benefit or not from AI. Other devices also will benefit from AI in a sense. So they're not going to get any competitive advantage in that sense, mm-hmm. you know, your Android devices will also have access to whatever AI applications that Apple will have in that sense. So not as compelling as the Amazon Web Services story where it is having a dominant, dominant position in the cloud computing. So I am more convinced with the Amazon story here. All right, then. I think it's interesting the way Apple has turned innovation into profit. So, you know, we're still in early days in terms of what Siri can do. I mean, just look at how the phone has revolutionized our lives. Yeah, I would say Apple does have something going for it is how it manages to 
um, frame the way people use technology, right? Yeah. They don't sell the technology. They sell how you can connect with your grandma in the other part of the world by using their phones. So in the same sense, they will probably find a way to make it make sense that, hey, you've got to use Apple to reap the benefits of AI somehow. That's it. That's they it. will probably find a way to market it. I think this is where Apple comes in, the marketing strength. And of course, when Apple does something, you've got a huge um, tipping point of uh, critical mass mm-hmm. that will push the needle and then make it one of the go-to products. Yeah, tech for Apple is uh, invisible. You know, you're going to find a way to not be able to do without your phone in terms of what AI enables you to do. And that's when you know that Apple's really won the AI game, I think. All right, a question for you, listener. Which company, Apple or Amazon, is performing better this year? Which stock is a bigger gain, the e-commerce giant or the iPhone maker? If you thought Apple, sorry, wrong. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Apple share is doing really great. They are up 37% since the start of the year. But Amazon is doing even better. It is up an astounding 66% since January. All right, time for corporate news. So we do it up or down style. Today, we start with a pretty big category. How are the Korean chip makers doing? All right, I have to go with down for Korean chip makers because they are starting the week on a lower footing. And this comes amid some expectations that demand is weakening. And this following TSMC's warning, telling major suppliers to delay the delivery of high-end chip-making equipment. So it's getting a bit more nervous about customer demand. And that's spilling over into the other parts of the industry that maybe TSMC is seeing something they are not seeing yet. And they are selling first and asking questions when it comes to these share prices of these chip-makers. Okay, chip makers definitely in focus. TSMC, the world's number one chip maker, has told its suppliers, hold up, because it has become increasingly nervous about customer demand. And so that is bad news for companies like Samsung Electronics and SK Hynix. In fact, shares of both of these Korean companies came under pressure yesterday. Samsung posted its worst day since April. Next up, let's look at uh, the five energy giants comprising big oil. And I am talking about BP Chevron, Exxon, Shell and ConocoPhillips. Big oil could be in big big trouble (laughs) because there's a big complaint from the state of California. The state of California is suing the oil companies. And what are they complaining about? So they claim there's a long-standing pattern of deceiving the public over the risks associated with fossil fuels and causing billions of dollars in damage to communities and the environment. So a pretty harsh accusation. So this will probably drag on for quite some time. And it is um, claiming that the big oil companies have created what they describe as a public nuisance, damaging natural resources and state property and violating California law with their misleading and false advertising and marketing. So it does look like we are going to be in for a long legal dispute. It is a big problem that is definitely a down for big oil. Well put, Ryan. So if you've just joined us, we've been talking about how the U.S. state of California is suing big oil. It alleges that these oil companies conducted a decades-long 
disinformation campaign to hide the links between fossil fuels and climate change. California alleging that the cover-up has gone on since at least the 1970s and that it's responsible for exacerbating the climate disasters. Let's look at Nicola. All right, Nicola is going to be an up for me because they have managed to snag someone big. From General Motors, Mm -hmm. the former GM President Mary Chan is now its new Chief Operating Officer. So when you've got a big catch, it is going to bring some confidence um, into the shareholder sentiment at least. And that's why I think Nicholas' share price is going up. Good news for the electric truck startup Nicola, that new addition, Mary Chan, as you say, a big catch for its leadership team. She's a veteran of GM and Dell, and uh, as well as an advisory firm that actually helped Nicola go public. Well, she's Nicola's new COO, Mary Chan. Investors clearly like her. They bid up Nicola's shares overnight. The stock closed up 33%. Is it just me? Every time I say Nicola, I want to say Nicola Tesla. (laughs) It it rolls off your tongue. (laughs) All right, Morgan Stanley. All right, Morgan Stanley is going to be an up for me because they are the first major bank to roll out a generative AI assistant for financial advisors. So pretty much freeing up their private bankers and advisors from the more mundane stuff sometimes and also complementing them with some AI help, the data crunching or some extra advice. So this will, I suppose, make Morgan Stanley stand out from the rest of the crowd like um, JP Morgan and everyone who is trying to capture wealth management. Morgan Stanley pipping everybody else to the place of first, the first Wall Street bank to put a bespoke AI tool in the hands of its financial advisors. Now, this is a customized version of ChatGPT. It uses a database of some 100,000 research reports and documents. It's AI at Morgan Stanley Assistant, and it's meant to make it faster and easier to answer questions that clients like us may have about the markets. I'm going to give Morgan Stanley and up for being an AI innovator. It's the first major Wall Street firm to do this. The genie is out of the bottle. Let's see uh, who else catches up. For our last word today, I'm going to take you back in time, not too far back. 2021, those were heady days. Meme stocks like GameStop, AMC, Entertainment were all I was talking about. There's a new movie coming out that chronicles this story I'm looking out for. It is called, get this, Dumb Money. And it's based on the true story of Reddit retail investors, they put a short squeeze, remember, on those hedge funds? And they thought GameStop, the the hedge funds thought GameStop would fail. So what do you think of the premise of this film, Dumb Money? I love the movie The Big Shot. And I am hopeful this will also live up to those standards. Um, But it is good to have these type of movies because with popular culture, it helps people to understand history to some extent and also learn some lessons along the way. And this is going to be useful for those who missed out on the whole past few years, what happened. And of course, in future generations, they can look back easily and understand what happened. So a very compelling story here worth a movie, maybe a few episodes or maybe a long running series. I'm sure there's a lot of stories to unpack. (laughs) I'd love a series on this. It's got everything. It's mythic. You know, it's the little guy, the ragtag traders uh, going for a big win. The underdogs hoping to come up on top. Lots of people losing 
money from the big bad rich guys, uh, others making a bundle as well. So lots of highs and lows. Uh, let's fast forward to the present. Just how are GameStop and AMC Entertainment doing today as compared with a couple of years ago? Do you know? Good question. And the answer is not too well. <laughs> As you imagine, those were the days, the golden days of meme stocks, and it's not any more golden. It is pretty much the bottom of the barrel right now for both stocks. You've got GameStop down more than 78% from those all time highs. So good luck to those who are still stuck in that stock. AMC, even worse, down more than 97% from its peak. So they've got some ways to climb back up again if they ever do. So a long shot for meme stocks. Perhaps it might come back, but we'll never know. Oh my gosh, a far away from 2021 when people were urging their friends to sell, sell, sell. Can't wait to see dumb money. Uh, and see how that all pans out. Dumb Money debuted at the Toronto Film Festival earlier this month and it will hit screens here in Singapore in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much, Ryan. Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.